0: Hi, my name is Janelle Ingolstadt and welcome to the MAP Radio Hour, a Make Art with Purpose podcast. The MAP Radio Hour includes conversations with creatives, scientists, and other people addressing the intersection of cultural, political, and environmental concerns. You can find out more about MAP and our projects at makeartwithpurpose.net. Harrison. We talk about an upcoming watershed project in Scotland and other work that is a part of the Harrison's large-scale international project, the Force Majeure. The Harrison's began the Force Majeure in 2007 and the work continues today. So I have a question. You're in the final stage of your life, which we've talked about, which you've got 10 to 20 years, who knows?
1: I'm diabetic, so I've got five to 10.
0: Five to 10 good years. Yeah. yeah. And you're laser focused on the force majeure, which That's the correct. Pacific Northwest is part of. Yes. Tell me how taking time and addressing Aberdeen, what is Aberdeen, and how does that fit into the force majeure and, and your work? Okay and what you're going to do there.
1: We work with a concept we call future gardens. Um, Put in the simplest terms, it is as follows. Every place is the story of its own becoming. That's the metaphor. Well, every place also that has gone through a heat wave of four or five degrees warmer and lived had stuff that adapted. So that if you go hunt down the stuff that adapted back then, and propagated in the now, you can propagate parts of the future ecosystem from what's survived in its past. Mm-hmm. And so what, what we've been doing this at the 8,000-acre level at, at uh, Sage Hand, and we'll do on the coastline here at um, Arboretum, where we have three, three bucky-fuller domes, I thought, well, we're already doing a watershed, why not do a double watershed? Since Aberdeen sits smack between the D and the, the D and the Don, I don't know what it, that That's is. D right? and, the Don, yeah. and they have about 400,000 people there. Mm-hmm. And the, they doubled in size because of all the oil. Right. And they'll yeah. shrink once the oil goes away, which is another 10, 15 years. Uh, they'll suck it dry, maybe 20, but I, I I've heard that it's already topped and reducing. Well, there's 8,000 miles, plus, plus, minus, I haven't checked it out, uh, they're checking it out, in those two watersheds. Each of the rivers is about 80 to 84 miles long. Right. And I want to examine those places for the very first time to see if we can deal with carrying capacity. Nobody has ever really dealt with carrying capacity, really. All else we do is tell sad stories. A sad story is the watershed can carry... Five hundred uh, To 100,000 people, we've got 400,000 people. Therefore, our footprint is four times bigger than we could do. And that's true of all of England, by the way. Right. But let's say they lose 100,000 people or so because the oil business goes away, lose a third. And the question is, can a 1,000 acres, with the sea in front of it, and fish farms, are poss- polyculture systems, not only fish farms, uh, um, can... That amount of land and that amount of water flowing down there, they've got a big water problem, they have to solve the food problem and solve the most of the living problem and solve most of the energy problems of the 300,000 people. Then we would have located what a carrying capacity actually is.
0: Right, and use it as a model. Yes. I mean, it models yes. that whole range across the yes. planet as you work your exactly. way around the globe.
1: Right, and models don't work. Because by the time you scale up a model, so much else happens you're screwed. But this is not a model. It's already scaled up. It's eight thousand miles. Right. It's not eight thousand acres.
0: Right, okay, so model is not a good word, but it does give you information that you can then, and you, you yeah, have it does to learn something. Apply to sure other it, 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 yeah. model,
1: it models a viable system.
0: Right, and then you can, you yeah. have a, a blueprint, if you yeah, will, then you can as adapt you, as
1: you move across But the ha- most happy, uh, happy thing is that it can exist at all. Right. See, we don't know that yet. So uh, I fundamentally proposed this to the Aberdeen people, and they loved it. Originally, they wanted me to come down there and deal with two or three acres in a barn.
2: Right. You know, and also, flooding uh, rivers. Flooding rivers. They had a yeah. terrible flood event. So that'll be part of what we're thinking about, too. Exactly right. Yeah. Because
1: oh, you, the calculation there is it rains 40 inches a year. When it rains 40 inches, maybe a third of it goes right into the ground unless the ground soaked. One great subject. Yeah. The other, another third of it heads into the rivers. Uh And then another third of it decides whether it's bad enough to flood or just raise the river levels. So the question is, how do you put that to use? (laughs)
0: A lot of things I mean that goes right back to the Pacific Northwest, where you have you know flooding in the you know the rivers systems that run out of the cascades and down into uh these metropolitan areas like Seattle and Tacoma and They're well, not. they
1: should flood
0: and well, they should right, because people have built been building on floodplains for the That's last two hundred years
1: and Father Nature is punishing them right father. Mother Nature may be kindly, but Father Nature is a punishing father
0: yes, yeah.
1: Uncle nature, you don't want to meet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but you know what? In this coursework I just did this weekend with Jose Luis Herrera, the shaman from Peru who comes to Santa Cruz area every six months and does workshops, it was really interesting. He talked about how the Peruvian shamans are actually preparing for the return of Pachamama. That the shamanic tradition is going back to the feminine. That's what the male shamans see coming, that that is what's going to carry us forward and that mm-hmm. they're preparing um, for, yeah, yeah, for that return. Well, um, then I'll the be fe- stopped.
1: If that happens, then I can stop being annoyed with the, with the female race. Right. For being under-responsible.
0: Right. Is that what you think, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You shouldn't have let the, these asshole men to, uh, sit on you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so. another conversation. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let that one lie for a minute.
2: One thing. So, I thought anyway, good.
1: All right. I, I, I believe the like mine, Helen, when she was Helen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like I used to follow her lead. Uh huh. When she was smarter than me, about at least third to half, two thirds of the time, varying. Right. Um, but she followed mine too because we had a handshake on it.
0: Yeah.
1: And there was no. Um, sense of repression.
0: Right, well you were moving, you were working in a zone that was outside of ego. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. You know, been, not only did you have itself. logos,
0: you had eros. Yes. And you had that balance.
1: Yeah, we were well, we Between.
0: Made yeah, well, and I think you don't even have to be married or a couple to yeah. have that, but yeah. when, you, when you infuse logos with, the arrows. with eros, yeah. then you have a entirely different approach and I result agree. on your work
1: that's entirely that's completely true yeah you know yeah and, uh, in the lagoon cycle of, of, of the witness with the lagoon my God, which our did it ends up uh, one of our riffs about you know the ego is an invention and then we go the ego is this the ego is that you know the ego may not exist at all and that's how we end
0: yeah
1: it may not have an existence It's only, it exists only as long as we're in the process of inventing it. When you stop inventing it, it stops existing. That's true. I actually believe that.
0: Yeah, I do too.
2: I wondered if you had anything yes, I developed in your little, in here, yeah, little we, big that's, brain over there. Yeah, you that's what Matthew's
1: got to work on forthwith.
2: Okay. With, with. He's coming. Matthew the map maker's coming.
1: Okay. But I need a topological map of the region uh-huh. and I need to find the low spots. So, and I need to find the low spots that are in relationship to the aquifers.
2: Okay.
1: Now once we do that, when you have overflow, you overflow into the low spots. You do have to do some terraforming to do this, but it also pays off because those low spots become biodiverse in new
2: ways. Become little wetlands. So you,
1: yeah, so so that's what I want to do. Okay, I was wondering. Starting, what you I started meant. to do the yeah. addition. You know, if it's eight thousand square miles, about two thousand square miles of water, forty inches deep, or what would be too much, or one thousand square miles, six to seven feet deep. So in that single watershed, they have one th- When they have forty inches of rain a year, they have the excess is the equivalent of a one thousand square mile lake, um, like ten by hundred, hmm. a lake five miles wide and twenty miles long, six and a half feet deep. That's a lot of water.
0: It is a lot of water.
1: It's quite a few acre feet. Now that water has lots of possibilities. That's what you have to think about, what it, what it wants to do.
0: Yeah. And what it wants to do, that's really key. Yeah. What does the water want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Asking what, the water. Mm-hmm.
1: So you don't know what it wants to do until you get it there. Right. And part of what it has to do is recharge the aquifers. Right. Okay. So once it's done that recharging, and the aquifers thanks, then you have so much. And then I don't know what the evaporation rate there is. In the desert at six feet there, it's probably one, one or two feet. So that'll do, that'll do some of the weather, the weather changing there. But it's not clear what to do. You see, also, those are temporary fillings. They won't stay filled. Or, well, imagine you had ten of them spread over. And imagine there was a connection between them. And imagine that there are different altitudes. Then, as they shrink, the top altitude keeps the lower altitudes up, and then you have sort of row, row, row you both. You eight or nine of them become dry, but one or two of them are permanently wet because they're they're filled from the others, right? And so you have then a way of sequencing. What drawing would mean in the biodiversity? That would be in it. Each of those which would be different.
2: <laughs> row, row, row your boat. I right. like that
1: one. <laughs> so, so that's the kind of thinking I've been doing a lot. Cool. This. Yeah,
2: it's yeah. kind of fusing a lot of like you know your peninsula Europe future garden. And Shri- and and Sri Lanka using some of these major. <sighs> tr- you know, it's really you were a-
0: preparing for this all along. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. how, it, Did you when notice you're in synchronicity, that's
2: what yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah.
1: Also, notice it was easy. I know what to ask Matthew to do. I knew how to think it through. I knew how the big numbers would be, need to be shaped.
2: Yeah, the big and, numbers, yeah. And I
1: need to know um, how right I am about rainfall, supposing it's only 36 inches, mm-hmm. or, but more likely 44.
2: Well, yeah, and there'll be a more and more erratic weather events, yeah. so.
1: The other thing is that Maybe some of that water needs to go to somebody who needs it out of the watershed. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of that water, which is what I would do with it, needs to slowly go into the ocean and become an estuarial lagoon. Why an estuarial lagoon? Well, they probably once had one, but they killed it. But an estuarial lagoon is more ecologically productive than anything on Earth. And you can then pull thousand pounds of food, wet weight, out of every acre, and so doing preserves the system, because you don't pull the same thing out every year. Right. And then, how do you get it to overproduce? Because you want it to overproduce to take the overproduction to keep it in balance. And it's your profit or your food, is is the imbalance. Right. So you're not killing something. Unless you do it.
0: Yeah, it's an exchange. Yeah. A bar- it's almost like a barter.
1: Yeah, it is a mm-hmm. barter, actually. Yeah. All nature works by exchange. Yes, it does. And so, uh, all work that we do sets up exchange,
0: mm-hmm.
1: automatically, sort of. There's, yeah, there's an alarm system goes off if you take too much.
0: Yeah, and that's where we are. Yeah. The alarm system is it's blaring. blaring. Yes. <laughs> it's
1: blaring. What I do with students sometimes who are insensitive, I say, can't you drive down the freeway and see giant machines scraping the earth for a new um, development? Can't you hear the earth scream? And that changes you.
0: map radio hour is funded in part by the lift your voice advocacy fund production by matthew horton theme song and logo by otto huditz i'm janeel ingolstadt thanks for listening and visit the make art with purpose website to connect with us on twitter facebook and instagram